everyone. Welcome to Chi Alpha After Hours. We're your hosts, Cassie, Nathan, and Christian, here to take a closer look at what it means to follow Jesus on the university campus. In a previous episode, we talked about how we can honor Jesus as Christians during election season. We wanted to follow that up this week by talking about what we've seen in the last few weeks and how we're navigating the ongoing tensions in our country now that we seem to have a president-elect and vice president-elect. Again, where possible, we're going to avoid sharing our personal political views. Our goal today is to talk about what we're seeing and learning through current events, because that will help us think critically about the culture that we live in. That's important if we're going to love our neighbors well as we engage politically. So, Christian and Nathan, how are you guys feeling about the state of the national election right now? Election day turned into election week in what was, in many ways, not a traditional election. Yeah. As we're recording this, um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are now president-elect and vice president-elect, but control of the Senate will be determined by two runoffs in Georgia later on, and many people are also claiming that rampant voter fraud played a role in this election. So what has it looked like for you to process these results? You know, um, for me, I think uh, one thing that really surprised me about this um, election was that, in general— it seems to me that the um, that there's just like a huge amount of division and and lack of not even just political division like people are like polarized but a, a lack of perception like like people aren't actually perceiving where other people are at so um, you know for instance a lot of the um, media polls you know they they said this is going to be a landslide. Um, election against Trump. He had very little possibility of winning. And um, it turned out to be a lot closer mm-hmm. than people thought it would be. Um, Trump was very close to, to winning. And um, and Biden. And so I think at one, one hand, with that in mind, the people that voted for Trump, they feel very um, clearly, those people feel very disenfranchised. They feel like nobody understands them. They, they feel like people have have made up reality and it's like it just demonstrates that there is this out of touchness with you know Trump supporters or people who voted uh, on the red side that they feel very underrepresented and like the nation's out of touch with them however on the other side i think people from the left they feel very like how could so many people be voting for for Donald Trump and i think in some ways you know it 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 hit them in a way that was um they feel very disenfranchised in terms of what America is like and how, how come people don't believe more the way I believe. And so I think it just highlights in my mind this, 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 this lack of um, understanding where other people are at and, and wanting people to – people want to perceive like the world mirroring them more, mm-hmm. you know, or, or – and there's also just this, this sense of I'm disenfranchised. No one understands me. Um, and I think this election just amplified that and took that to a new, to a new level. Yeah, I think that's true. I I was really surprised, um, not only by how close the vote was, but also how close we are still in the House and the Senate. Um, like that was not super conclusive either. So what we we actually saw was a lot of people voting um, for the Democratic ticket for president, but not voting that way down the ballot. Um, So it seems like there were a lot of um, maybe Republican voters who switched sides for the presidential election this time around. Um, 
but are not identifying with democratic values. And so I thought that was really interesting in the sense that we are still very deadlocked as a country um, in terms of what we value. And I don't think it's as simple as this person or that person for president, but I think there's underlying values um, and, and different approaches that the two parties tend to take to things that a lot of people are still identifying with. And that makes it really complicated. And I think we're not always doing a very good job of listening to each other or going out of our way to hear people who are unlike us. I think that's very true. Yeah, I think um, one thing I would say about this election, I, I don't know, it was weird. I kind of felt feel a sense of like gratefulness that so many people turned out to vote. Mm-hmm. And I don't vote, so that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I was like thankful that people were like um, involved um, and they wanted to do, they wanted to participate and uh, um, yeah, be a part of it. The thing that I, I kind of mirror with everybody else is like, I think it's, for me, the question is always when I look at political candidates and, and people, it's like, what's their motivation? What What is their motivation? And I think that there's an oversimplification of the other side and what their motivation is. And honestly, I think also a lack of self-awareness as to what my motivation actually is, you know, like... Am I, a, yeah. you know, am I voting out of a fear of something? Okay, like, why am I afraid of this? Should I actually be afraid of this? Mm-hmm. You know, from a Christian perspective, like, should I be afraid of this? Um, or is my motivation out of like, I actually think that this is what's better for others and for the well-being of the whole? Yeah. Um, also, like, looking at political figures and like, what, why are they saying what they're saying? And that's a hugely important thing because if their motivation is to to say what they're saying is not a good motivation, then you're being um, deceived, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I think there's just a when I look at when I, I read articles and things like that, there's just like a huge lack of, as Christian put it, lack of perception of the other, mm-hmm. a lack of like calmly like watching and seeing who they are and why they're doing what they're doing and then discerning um what that is and then moving in a caring way towards that so if the person is like acting in a way that is fearful it's like okay well don't yell at them that's just going to make them more scared which is actually how a lot of the discourse is happening in this last election, a lot of the discourse is us versus them attitude rather than like, hey, I understand that you're afraid of something, but what is it that you're afraid of and like trying to minister to them, care for them rather than entrenching by being um, upset. And so um, for me, like the processing tends to be about like, tends to be oriented around like, why are people doing what they're doing? Like what, what's their motivation? And and things like that. And it's a much more complicated thing to say, well, they're doing this, so it's obviously selfish. It's like, well, it's not actually that simple sometimes. And so, yeah. Yeah, we can project our own, mm-hmm. like, like if I vote for somebody um, because of a particular issue, like, I'm just making this up, right? I'm not saying anything <laughs> in particular, okay? Yeah. But if someone's like, well, I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump because he stands for, you know, He's not, you know, for minorities, you know, he's, Mm -hmm. he's, he stands for racism in my mind. And so then all of a sudden 
like that's fine. Like that person can vote with that conviction, right? Mm-hmm. But then they see a person vote for Trump, and then there's a projection of, mm-hmm. oh, that person voted for Trump, and I didn't vote for him because I'm I think mm-hmm. he's a racist. The mm-hmm. person that voted for Trump must be a racist. You know, right. there's there can be that projection mm-hmm. of of that, or or hey, somebody voted for Joe Biden, like or somebody voted for Donald Trump because. You know, say they're like, I think Joe Biden's a socialist and I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. well, somebody votes for Joe Biden and then all of a sudden it's a projection like that person's a socialist, you know, and um, it's this it's this projection of our own values Mm. on the motivations of other people. Mm. And I think that really prevents us from being able to clearly see Mm -hmm. and perceive where other people are coming from. And and there's Mm -hmm. lots of reasons. And, um, and those reasons I said might might be great reasons for somebody to vote for or against a candidate. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and honestly, the reality might be a little bit more, um, complicated Mm -hmm. than just what your own perceptions or values are leading to. Yeah. I think there's two things in what you just said, which is, okay. So if I say I voted for this person, what the other person might be hearing might be, A, okay, so they also support all of these other issues that this candidate identifies with. Or B, they might be saying, okay, this person now has this identity. Like they're actually yeah. projecting an identity onto you, which mm. may or may not be true. Yeah. Um, so I think even in our rhetoric, rhetoric, maybe we don't say, I voted for this person for this reason. Mm. I think it's often, yeah. I just voted for this person. And then I think that complicates the issue where more people can now project different things onto that because yeah. they don't have your, your reasoning. They don't have your explanation. Yeah. And I think one thing I would say, like kind of going back to what Christian was saying about like, you know, um, I'm voting for this person or that person, um, or I think this person is racist because of who they vote for. This is not something new to this election, actually. So mm-hmm. when Obama and McCain were going up against each other, it was, I remember people uh implicitly or even directly saying well if you don't vote for obama you're racist well, like like that there was this current in the air it's like if you don't vote for obama you're obviously racist and it's like and one of the things that i've noticed is that in like you know uh christian also mentioned like the word socialist i've been and i've read that word a few times but i'm like i'm not sure the word socialist that they're using is actually the word that I think it means. Mm -hmm. And so I actually have to spend a little bit of time thinking about like, well, what does he mean by socialist? I think I read an article a while ago that they, he paired social, someone paired socialist with another word. I was like, those two words can't go together Mm -hmm. actually. Maybe democratic socialism. Maybe it was that. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I, I capitalistic don't, socialism. Yeah, it was. <laughs> no, I, I think it may have been capitalistic socialism huh. or something like Whoa. that. Or socialist, a socialist capitalism. or I don't no remember what it was. I was like, that, like what? that doesn't make sense. So it was like, I actually, okay, I can assume that the person's intelligent enough to be using words correctly, but it's obviously not the definition that I know. And we often project like, so... Uh, project like these definitions onto a statement when it's like, no, I have to understand what the person's saying. And when people are, you know, back, particularly with Obama, the Obama election, it was like, well, this person's racist. So it's like, do you know what the word racist actually means? I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't hate, I mean, I didn't vote, but, you know, (laughs) but like, but it's more complicated, but it's, 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 I'm like, you're you're putting me in the same category as, like, people in the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, I have friends who are African-American, maybe, or or Asian or something. I was like, I don't think less of them. And you're putting me in that category of someone who hates them mm-hmm. and doesn't want good things for them. And it's it's a it's a it's a really strong oversimplification of like the situation. There are people who are not racist who voted for McCain. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah, it's just it's um it's an oversimplification. I what I'm trying to highlight is just an is projecting our um our definitions or extracting definitions that are actually not correct definitions in mm-hmm. in this in our discourse in this in this situation well and i think it's even worth noting just to say too mm-hmm. it's interesting because with that um with that example of obama you know i don't think i ever heard obama say people are not voting for me because they're racist Mm-mm. i i no. never heard him say right. that ever. never said it you know and so the fact that he he you know that's one thing i've always appreciated about obama was he just always has has had and has a, a generosity of character for others. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. he always has this assumption, someone disagrees with me, they probably have a good reason for disagreeing with me, and I need to... I mean, it's just a posture that he mm-hmm. carries himself with, is mm-hmm. I need to listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something I've always appreciated about him, you know. But it's interesting that, you know, like when Cassie was talking about us, or, you know, um, taking up... We put on not just like we put a label on somebody. This is this person's supporter, so we we lump them in there. Mm-hmm. I think there actually can't even be a tendency for ourselves to be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm a ex mm-hmm. supporter. That's my identity now, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take that on and and amplify that in unhealthy ways that probably don't even represent mm-hmm. the candidate mm-hmm. in all the ways that <laughs> yeah. they probably you know like are real. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's interesting how. How by voting for somebody or seeing somebody else, how we can identify, put an identity on them or even take an identity on ourselves, which I think is probably not ultimately mm-hmm. healthy or, or mm-hmm. helpful. Unless it's Jesus's identity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's something we talked about is neither political party fully embraces all of Jesus's mm. ideals. Right. Yeah. yeah that's right. So if we prioritize our political identity um, over our Jesus identity, that's a real mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. And I think it can be really easy to do that um, with the kind of rhetoric that's going on and everything else. Like it's it's harder to identify more with Jesus <laughs> in this in this yeah. current state of our country. Yeah. Um, I think too, like the media has played a huge role in this mm-hmm. election, especially with the whole mail-in ballot situation um, and now claims of voter fraud. Like that's really concerning to me. Um, I haven't seen anyone bring forward real evidence of that, but the fact that it's still being reported on so much um, and still getting a lot of airtime really concerns me, um, especially if there's no evidence. So I think that's something that I'm like, as I'm processing the results, that has me worried because it's more like, okay, people have lost faith in our electoral process, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than like challenging the candidate for who they are. It's like, okay, we're going to challenge the process. And I don't think that's great. <laughs> I think ultimately what it says is it says something about the posture of, of, of our default postures that we have um, or that we assume. And so, you know, it says, it says essentially that there's at least a large number of Americans that assume that if they didn't, that they, if the outcome was not for them, 
then there's distrust. There's mm-hmm. a distrust of process or maybe even a distrust of, um, of direction. You know, like I wonder if, I mean, I, I'm not trying to, if some people really think there was cheating, like that's, that's, they can always investigate it, but I think, you know, like you're saying, they have to have some real evidence. Right. You know what I mean? It can't just be like... I'm fine mm-hmm. with oh, investigation. Uh. That's fine. But the thing that I'm actually a little concerned about is if there are people, you know, I think if people are honest with themselves, like, all right, would you be more comforted if your person won and something by the result of something shady? Hmm. Like if, if now like, oh, let's throw out these these valid votes... So my candidate could win. Would would a person feel more comforted by that because their candidate mm-hmm. won? Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a thought experiment that yeah. every person should do because it really wrestles with: Are you really upset about the injustice of something maybe wrong happening, or are you really upset about the idea that we lost? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really worth like weighing and and realizing because. Um, I think that's the real question. If you really think something was shady or something was wrong, then that's worth investigating. And you should have that same conviction even if your candidate was the one that won and should mm-hmm. should step back, you know? But I think most of these allegations are out of just a poor loser situation, <laughs> you know? Like like and not out of a valid mm-hmm. valid concerns. Yeah. I think I think I'm saddened by how people in the media are being treated or, you know, people who counted the ballots or like there are guys who have gotten death threats. Like that's not that's not cool. Um, So I think that's something that I've been really praying about as I'm processing the election is like, let's treat the people who were part of this as people and not as, you know, machines who can Mm. who can take our insults and unkindness. I don't think that's fair to them. Yeah. Just really quick, I would just say, like, there's something really flawed when you're treating an injustice with an injustice. And so, like, if you really think that there's voter fraud, like, threatening someone, treating an injustice with an injustice is, like, wrong. I just, mm-hmm. I would just say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like, like, I think I, maybe I, and maybe I got off on the, the a tangent or something like that, but just that sense of that that setting as one of distrust Mm -hmm. instead of trusting like Mm -hmm. if a person is given a job to count ballots right why do i automatically go to distrust Mm -hmm. why can't i why why isn't my first setting i bet i bet they were counting the ballots just the way Mm -hmm. they were supposed to and my person just lost Mm -hmm. but but there's this posture of distrust that I feel like is definitely growing mm-hmm. within our country that that that's the first that's usually the first place like oh I'm going to distrust you until you prove that you were pulling for me then I'm not going to let this go but really it should be the other way around it should be like well I trust that you were doing what's right mm-hmm. and um looks like I lost unless mm-hmm. I see evidence for something else right like you almost have to lose a trust mm-hmm. but but we just have a, a posture 
that privileges distrust versus mm. versus trust yeah. right now. And that kind of really speaks into what Paul says, which is love always trusts. It's mm. one of the first things that he says in First Corinthians 13. It's like, you know, are you, um, it's not that everybody is trustworthy, but like, you know, given no other information, like, are mm-hmm. you willing to love and say, like, I trust this person? Right. You know, it's not a posture of distrust. It's a posture of trust that Paul and Christ mm-hmm. exhorts us to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's good for us to be aware of as a culture that we live in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately the reason why Paul and Jesus say for us to live, have that posture of trust is not because he doesn't think that we're going to get like cheated. Mm-hmm. It's right. because a heart, a trusting heart mm-hmm. is better for you. Mm-hmm. If you live your life with mm-hmm. a distrustful heart, it's worse. Like mm-hmm. your life is going to be a lot worse. And that's not the kind of life that God wants for us or the kind of posture mm-hmm. he wants us to have towards others. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I would also say that it, it's not just good for you, a posture of trust, but it's also good for others. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't have to be afraid. This person trusts me. I can, I can do my, I can do my work without fear of repercussion because yeah. people trust me to do it well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. So, assuming that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will become president and vice president in January, um, what's one thing that you're excited for and one thing that you're concerned about? Um, and obviously, we could do this for President Donald Trump as well. But I think let's focus now. And it can be personal. But, like, what's something that you're you're excited for and something you're concerned about? Because I think we always live in that tension of both. I think for me, I mean getting this is this is the political question right? we're, getting, question. we're getting pl- personal politics here yeah i think uh a couple things i'm concerned about is how um i don't i think donald trump has shown in the past real instability towards um like our foreign neighbors whether it be mexico canada europe he's just shown a volatility um where our allies are like what is going on with america you know and and I'm, I'm excited about Joe Biden bringing um, more of a stability there, you know, um, even in terms with uh, our relationship with Mexico and the border there. Um, I really I'm excited to see what um, how Joe Biden's going to help with that issue of, of um, immigration. Um, however, um, one thing I'm concerned about is, you know, um, I really uh, value religious liberty and I really value, um, you know, I'm a pro-life person. And so um, I'm concerned, you know, I'm really excited about some of the 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 Supreme Court justices that Donald Trump did put up. And now, you know, if the Senate does go to, you know, Democrats, then there's this idea that they're going to add a bunch of Supreme Courts and that could really um, have an impact in the area of religious liberty and add um, justices, Not add, just, add more Supreme Court. What I say, yeah, more Supreme Court. Yeah, no, <laughs> add justices, add justices to the Supreme Court. So that would make the balance um, different, you know, and that's something that the legislator and the president could do. So mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, if if the whole legislator and the executive branch goes to one party that's some kind of power that they could have and that that makes me nervous that they would that that would happen i think one thing that i really am excited for um is that uh joe biden has a stance on uh student loan debt and 
um, possibly for giving some of that at the federal level. Um, and I think I've seen, you know, I'm, I'm personally not affected by that, but I have a lot of friends and my sister is. Um, I think I've just seen a lot of people in their 20s, 18 to, you know, 30, wherever, um, who have been really affected by that in their day-to-day -day life um, and more affected by that since COVID. Um, my sister lost her job and mm -hmm. hasn't been able to get another one. Um, so I just see the anxiety that's weighing on a lot of people close to me. And I think that that would really help. Um, and I think there is some bipartisan support. So who knows if that will actually be enacted, but I, I hope that it is. Um, so I'm excited for that. I think something that I'm really concerned about is um, we were talking about all the tensions earlier and particularly racial tensions right now in the U.S. and um, just a lot of division. And so while uh, I've seen Biden make a lot of speeches that include rhetoric about coming together and unifying as a country, um, I don't know if that's really going to happen. I don't think we can fully put our trust in him to make that happen. Um, but I'm concerned that that's going to continue over the next four years and that we'll we'll still have these tensions. But you, Nathan, you got any opinions? <laughs> any concerns? Uh, I think I think uh, the thing I would say I look forward to is is similar to Christian stability. Um, yeah, uh, stability. Um, but what I I would say I'm not looking forward to. Um, okay, I have two things. One is like really just not even a thing. Okay, this is just my personality. One, I just like a really good story. And say what you want about Trump. It was an interesting four years. <laughs> um, wow. It was it was it was something to watch. Uh, was, I've been more involved in politics in the last four years just because it's been an interesting ride. The drama. <laughs> the drama. <Lots> the <laughs> drama. Of um, the, and that's that. That's really. I say that more comically than anything else. Just so our listeners know that. Um, but I would say one thing I, I think, I don't know, and this is maybe distrustful. I don't think it's um, of Biden, um, but I think it's, um, I think in the what I watched of the presidential debates, I was really a little concerned about how little I knew of Biden in his election. And because he didn't present much of a platform of like, this is what I want to do. And I know that he has a platform, but I like me who's not as, who doesn't invest as much into it, uh, into politics and in knowing where candidates stand on things. I was a little worried about um, just how little I knew about Biden. Hmm. Um, and I'm like, and one thing I've, I've seen is like, seen happen in my life, just in other spheres is, People will gain your trust and then they take you somewhere that you didn't want to go in the end because you didn't really know them. And I don't know if I'm like really, really scared, but I think it's a it's something I found concerning. I don't know if I would say it's a really big negative. I'm pro-life as well. I, I don't think I think that's disrespectful. Uh, pro-life is um, I think God made everybody. Um, and I think God wants people to live and we should be looking at children as, as gifts rather than curses. Um, and so, yeah, mm -hmm. but. Okay. Thanks for sharing you guys. So what are some of your takeaways from this election cycle? Like what are some things that you learned? Some of the things you're going to hold on to as we're continuing to navigate the political scene? I mean, I think it's just a matter of like, like we're saying, like, 
this this idea that we need to not not just now do we need to like try to nourish trust in our own hearts, but we need to try to sow trust mm-hmm. in our culture, like um, because it's not good enough for us just to try to be different. Like we're gonna have to actively try to help people um, have trust with each other. We we need it like with persuasion and with um, activity, like um, persuade people towards the activity of trust. And so, um, so that's, that's one thing that I think, um, I'm taking away from this. Um, another is just from a local election, you know, in our state in, in Oregon, we just, um, decided to decriminalize drugs. So now, um, people can, like, if you get caught with a certain amount of heroin, I think it has to be under a certain amount of different drugs, your options are get treatment or pay a hundred dollar fine. And um, I'm sure there's lots of good people that supported that for good reasons, but I just don't see it helping. And I think people are just going to pay a hundred dollars and get back. I think it's going to, with our state choosing to not have a stance on a hard stance or a solid stance on drugs. I think I'm concerned about, um, you know, the growth of drug use, um, particularly, I mean, after pot became legal, I mean, way more people smoke pot now. And, uh, I think by just decriminalizing it, we're just gonna, more people are going to have access and more people are going to do it. And, um, so I'm, I think a takeaway for me is clearly our culture is more pro and more comfortable with drug use over time. And, um, I'm just going to need to take that more seriously um, with my family. I'm also going to need to try to talk about that with the people I care about. And um, and obviously, as a minister of the gospel, it's going to change the way that I talk about things I talk about. I'm going to have to talk about drugs more often hmm. and, um, and why Jesus wants us to have a sober mind and a sober heart. I think some of my takeaways relate to listening to people better. Um, like on a personal level, but also in terms of what media I pay attention to and um, having a more balanced view of every candidate. I think I think something that really struck me was after, like in the week after the election, um, I was having a conversation with one gal in my core and she was like, hey, I'm really nervous that uh, Trump is going to lose because I think like economically that would be really devastating for my family if Biden's tax plan goes through. Um and, you know, the economic side isn't usually as important to me. And so um, that was that was surprising to me. And I think that's the kind of thing I don't want to be surprised about. Right. Like if I'm if I'm voting to love my neighbor well, I need to know, like, how this is going to affect a lot of different people from different situations um, and not just the people who are in my bubble. And so I don't want to be caught off guard by things like that. Um, and so I think like considering issues that aren't my natural go-tos, but are going to affect people that I really care about. That's something I want to hold on to. I don't know if these are really takeaways from this election, but it's two things that I'm just uh, reaffirmed by in this election. Um, Is one, like, this happens kind of every year. Or not every year, but every election. Like, I think, you know, there's this sense of live or die in every election. And as I've gotten older, I'm just like, the world's really just not going to end. And so I don't have to like be scared. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 
if that makes sense. The, the world's not going to end. My life isn't going to end. And I think when I was younger, I really did kind of have a little bit more of a perspective of, like, things are going to, like, ruin everything. And sometimes it wasn't politics, it was other things. The other thing I think that this this election really reaffirmed in me is a hundred years ago um, people would have never thought abortion would be legal and 30, 40 years ago people would have never thought that psychedelic mushrooms heroin would be decriminalized or legal and I think one thing that I'm learning is like it's there's going to be people who are voting for things now don't realize like and not saying no to stuff and having an apathetic attitude towards things it allows things to change in not great ways like my grandmother is would who's like 90 something you know it's like she would have never thought of so many things happening that are. And some of the things that did change were good. Civil rights, really good, you know. A, a, you know, African-American, African-Americans being given uh, rights and privileges. And I know we're still on a road mm -hmm. towards, you know, real equality or true equality. But, like, you know, that was a really great step. Um, but there's a lot of things that I, I'm not sure we realize the, the, that each little step we take, we have to be thinking about where is it going to lead us a hundred steps from now. Um, and I'm just, th those, I don't know if those are really takeaways. Those are things I've been thinking about for a while, but I'm just seeing it. It's like, like when we're, you know, 30 years from now, we're going to be like, holy crap, my kids can do this now. Yes, I'm a pastor and I say crap on my podcast. <laughs> I was thinking it. Um, I'm cheating and including this after what I'm, what I said I was excited for, but I'm excited that we have a vice president who looks very different and is very different from our previous vice presidents. Like, and that's not saying anything about her policies or whatever, but I'm excited that we have a female vice president and, um, someone who's not white and is from a different background. I think, I think I'm excited and maybe a takeaway for me is that we're starting to see more people, um, more different voices included at the higher levels of our government. Um, and that's something where we're following Europe. We're following a bunch of other countries who have long had that. Um, so that's something where I'm like, okay, this is a takeaway. Like we might be moving in this direction. And that makes me excited. Yeah. I think like regardless of like someone's politics, we should hope to see um, every position have access like there that that there's some positions that some people can't have like we don't want in our country we don't want that we want every single person to be able to have the access to be able to do these different positions and yeah i think that's something really to be excited about and uh, to you know celebrate you know yeah. so yeah okay so moving on from processing everything that's been happening um but looking at our community so when we think about our chi alpha community um, what are some things that you guys are praying for for our community as we seek to love our neighbors by engaging politically? I I hope, well, this is my prayer. My prayer is that people would be politically engaged and that they would talk with their neighbors and that they could, this is my hope for every Kyle Alpha person to be able to be politically engaged to the level that the Lord calls them to, to have these different issues 
And then to be able to talk to non-Christians about those and people that disagree. And then after that conversation, that person that, you know, outside of our fellowship would say, that was such a great conversation. Hmm. That is so refreshing. I believe that person really cares. It, I'm not saying that that person should be persuaded to agree with the, the, uh, the people in our community, but that they would walk away refreshed from a political conversation. Um, or if it's somebody that agrees with it, that there would be this certain level of maybe refreshment of like, well, that, that that, that, that's a lot more complicated than I thought. Whoa. That we could be this kind of um, generous um, person that is able to engage with all kinds of people, that we can find truth. That we, there's, there's so many places where Jesus um, can connect with so many people, so many different people on all the political spectrum, that there's no excuse for us not to find common ground with people because that's what Jesus, because Jesus values something um, that every person values. And so I, I would just love to see people be refreshed by these political conversations. And I'm not talking about total agreement, um, but in the, in, the, in the midst of disagreement that people would um, feel refreshed and sense there's something of life in, in these Chi Alpha people and the, in the people that know Jesus um, when they talk with us. I think going off of that, I'm praying that we initiate those conversations within our community too. Um, like we talk about, here's my personal view on this issue and, and dialogue about it and talk about what's really happening in the world and that we wouldn't be afraid to have those conversations. Um, I think I, I would pray that we are more centered on Jesus and our unity through him than what we believe politically, um, but not so much that we don't talk about hard things. Um, and I think that's something that I really value. Like Jesus's first core had people who <laughs> were all across the political spectrum. Um, and so I hope that's true of ours as well. Um, and that we can, we can talk and be honest and not be afraid, um, to dialogue about these things. Cause I think if we don't, we're actually going to lose a lot more and we're not going to love people very well. Yeah. Unity doesn't mean conformity. Right. Right. It means real unity means we can have disagreements. Mm-hmm talk about those things yeah i think um i would say i i would hope that our our students and our community as a whole would not be so polite that they stay away from topics i think i think that there's a tendency that i've observed in um in in people that like oh it's this is going to rock the boat and so i'm just going to say the polite things um and I, I would hope and pray that we could get into a stormy situation and show that, like, we can be in a storm and the boat doesn't have to rock. Like, I can yeah. keep this, I can be polite in the conflict, but I'm not going to run away from the storm. Hmm. I, th I think we use our, we sometimes use our politeness as a way to avoid conflict, avoid storms. Um, but no one... And this is on a human level. No one grows from not being in conflict. Well, you can. Okay. But if you do it all the time, you won't grow. You learn how to run. You don't learn how to, like, face hard things. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'd, I'd rather we learn how to be a community that in conflict we are known as peacemakers rather than people who avoid conflict. 
Avoiding conflict is not making peace. Avoiding conflict is, I don't know, allowing the monster to sit underneath the water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all. That's a fun image. <laughs> yeah, I, suddenly I had the idea of a kraken. And I was just like, this, krakens kind of make a storm. There you go. Yeah. Upset the water. Anyway, but... Yeah, I think I, I really hope our students can just be like, hey, I, I can be a peacemaker rather than just being polite and avoidant. Mm-hmm. And to have that attitude, not just in election season, mm-hmm. but to be talking about these things over the course of four years or mm-hmm. doing something like being active in in local elections and state elections, but also in organizations that um, affect issues that we care about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's really important is it's not just the people that we're putting in power to, to take control of these things, but there's a lot we can do to help people um, and serve at local levels that um, allows us to stay engaged in loving people, not just every four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I would say one last thing is like, I hope that our, stu- uh, our community would be a people that shows we value the other more than we value ourselves in conversation like to know rather than to be known to understand as to be understood um to love as to be loved and being a community where where that christian is kind of talking about of like hey like there's something about these kyle people because they understand before they're understood they know before they're known Mm -hmm. they love before they're loved yeah okay let's end there Christian and Nathan, thanks for talking about this with me. If you're out there listening, we hope that this was helpful for you. Feel free to email us with comments, questions, or topic suggestions at social at OregonStateXA.com. All of us are also willing to talk in person if you want to process the election results or a political issue. We're happy to talk about that with you. Have a great week, and remember, loving our neighbors means caring for them all the time, not just during election season. Bye.